Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Hallelujah. All right, so this year has been declared for us the year of harvest. It's a year, it's a season of harvest. And um, I'll be speaking today on the festival of harvest. You know, if you study scriptures, the way the time that God told Israel to observe was in harvest. It was harvest that was used to tell time, to tell seasons. You know, there was festival of tabernacles, festival of trumpets, you know, and, you know, different festivals. And each festival signified a season. And we believe by the Spirit of God that we have entered into a season of harvest. And what we'll be learning a lot are the things that are supposed to be done in the period that is called harvest. You know, harvest period almost seems like an unfair, an unfair season. Harvest seems like an unfair thing to just be called to come and reap where you have not sown. You know, <laughs> you know there's this saying that you, you reap what you sow. But scriptures makes it clear that sometimes you don't sow, yet you reap. There was a time that the children of Israel were besieged, and prophet came and said, in this year you won't plant anything, but the earth will yield on its own accord, and then you will eat that. Jesus Christ told his disciples, we will get there. And he said, I have called you to reap where you bestowed no labor. That's John verse 4. We'll get there. I want to talk today about the elements, right? The things that would form the structure and foundation of our attitude and our posture in a time of harvest. There are some things that are supposed to run us from our subconscious, you know. Most of the time we are run by emotions and installations in our subconscious. You'll find out that some people are run by insecurities. Some people have low self-esteem. Some people have anxiety issues. And those are the things that power them. Those are the things that are the base of all they do. Right? You may have some colleagues at work that act funny. But deep in your mind, you know that this guy is dealing with insecurity. Or he has low self-esteem. Or he has anger issues. Some, sometimes those things are in the subconscious. So... As we start to build on the things we are supposed to be doing in a season of harvest, I want to talk about the things that are supposed to be deeply seated in our minds. Deeply seated both in our subconscious mind and our conscious mind. Because sometimes you have to do it consciously over time before they now permit and move into your subconscious. Hallelujah. So I want to be talking about the elements of harvest. I want us to agree on a few things before we start to talk about the elements. The first thing we need to agree on is that God is in us. Um, 1 John 4 verse 4 says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's giving us an assurance that God is in us. The second scripture I want us to use for this is Philippians 2.13. He said, it is God that works in us. So God is working, 
but the work he is already resident inside us and then he's working from inside us both to will and to do of his good pleasure John 17 John chapter 17 there's a prayer we call the lost prayer technically it's not Jesus' prayer but it's okay John 17 is really where Jesus was praying his own prayers and by the time he got to verse 22 he said I in them and they in me so that's what he was telling God that so that the world may know that you love them the same way you love me I'm putting myself inside them so Christ lives in us Jesus lives in us and Colossians 1 26 to 27 says this is the mystery of all ages this is the mystery that has been hidden for the longest time that Christ can be put in a man and that gives him the assurance of glory yes Christ in us the hope of glory and one of my favorite scriptures is Galatians 2.20, right? So I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. It says, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So the life that I now live now, I'm living it, is powered by Christ that is in me. So by now, we should have been assured that God lives in us. Christ lives in us. We have that assurance. We have like, five scriptures to prove it right so what is christ doing in us in the time of harvest what are the elements that must be consistent for us to enter into harvest one of the interesting things about harvest like we said in the crossover service is that the, the fruits are there you need speed The idea is just going and get as much as you can get. Just going and do as much as you can do because everything has been provided. Everything has been done. The first element I want to talk about is joy. 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 I want to read from the book of John first. John chapter 4. I want to read John chapter 4 verse 38. We'll still come back to John chapter 4 but for now, I want us to read John chapter 4 verse 38. It says, I sent you to reap that wherein you bestowed no labor. That other men labored and ye are entered into their labors. So we started, when we're closing the witness service, we talked about a scripture that was common. Uh, it says that those that sow in tears shall reap in joy. In the harvest season, they cut off the sowing part. So you, do, you are not part of the sowing in tears. Tears is not part of your is not part of your reality. All that God is asking you to do is to come and reap. However, there is an attitude that reapers have. And you are supposed to start from there. You are supposed to start from that joy that comes when you've seen your harvest. Why is this joy so important? Because God is in you. 
The Bible says that that joy is what gives you strength for the harvest. Because the harvest is more than the laborers that are available. So you need to be powered by a different kind of life to be able to maximize what you are supposed to take in the harvest. It's not the labor for one person. It's the labor for an army. It's not the labor of a man that has the strength of a man. It's the labor for a man that has the strength of God. And one of the elements that you need to consciously have to be able to harness the strength of God is joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Jeremiah 8 verse 10, right? So that means the activity of God on your inside has joy. And that joy has capacity to power what you want to do. So it's now your job to make sure that that joy that is on your inside finds expression. So that means that you will constantly make sure that no phone call, no email, no situation around you distorts the joy of God that is at work from your inside. The Bible says that when the, when the kingdom of God has come, how we will know is that there will be righteousness, there will be peace, and then there will be joy in the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost that is on your inside. So that means that we should never find you at any time in the season of harvest without joy. And many times you have to intentionally put infrastructure in place to maintain it because the world and the world we live in, the society we live in has many, many things that has the capacity to affect the flow of your joy. Your joy is always there. It's the flow that is the issue. Right? Joy is always there. As long as you have the Holy Ghost, the joy is always there. Sometimes we now live from the outside in instead of living from the inside out. If you live from the inside out, you will know that my joy is supposed to affect the things around me, not the other way around. Now, when you hear these kinds of things, one of the things that happen is that you can have some joy here and then after Sunday service, by the next day, once you're in traffic, you start to lose the joy. <laughs> so one of the things that you should do is to create infrastructure around you create music around you. Wake up in the morning and rejoice. It doesn't matter how you slept. It doesn't matter what you saw in your dream. All of that is irrelevant. You know that my conscious reality is a state of joy. It's a state of joy. It's a state of joy. Reaping must happen with joy. Reaping must happen. One of the elements that powers you taking the harvest that God has prepared in this season is joy. Isaiah 12 from verse 2. Let's start from verse 2. Isaiah 12 from verse 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength. Remember, joy from inside gives me strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So Jehovah is my strength. And he is my song. One of the ways to maintain your joy is music. Sometimes when you wake up in the morning, find the song that is in your spirit and echo it. 
So what is happening is that you are allowing it flow from inside out. He is also my salvation. Verse 3 now says, Therefore, with joy, will I draw water out of the wells of salvation. You see that joy is used to collect things. You know, those that sow in tears will reap in joy. Joy. In that day, what day is that? Today, ye shall say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted, sing unto the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Joy, joy joy so that means that in the season of harvest we should never catch you frowning and it doesn't matter what's going on quote and unquote in your life you are rest assured you are living from inside out not from things that are going on in your life i know that um there are reasons why people say i don't want to be i don't want to look always happy um, one of the interesting ones I've heard is especially from ladies. They say that if I'm always smiling, every guy around me takes it as green light. And, uh, you know, so sometimes I need to frown. <laughs> um, it may be legit, but we are in the season of harvest. Your excuses may be legit, but they don't help you. The important thing is the season of harvest is what you're harvesting. And if you make guys come, it's fine. Just know when to say no and when to say yes. Hallelujah. I want to read from the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 28. Joy is a way of life. Peter was quoting David. And David was telling God, he said, Thou hast made me to know the ways of life says i'm filled with joy by your countenance so joy being filled with joy is a way of life if you read where he was quoting Acts 16 verse 11 he said thou has made me to know the ways of life so sorry psalm 16 verse 11 and he's saying that in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore There's something that people confuse sometimes with joy and that's happiness. And I want to say one of the differences between joy and happiness. You see, joy is a cause. Happiness is an effect. Let's do Joel chapter 1. Let's do Joel chapter 1. Let's do Joel chapter 1. It will help us so that it is not my opinion. So, Joel chapter 1, let's do verse 12. I'm reading KJV, you can follow in any translation. The vine is dried up, the fig tree languisheth, the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, the apple tree, all the trees of the field are withered. Why? Because joy is withered away from the sons of men. So, 
happiness what happiness does is that things happen you know you get an alert you get a promotion you get a scholarship you get gifts and then you're happy so happiness is the effect of good things happening to you joy is the other way around you have joy first and then the joy produces the good things around you so you rob yourself of production when because of the things around you you lose your joy right because you think joy is a product of good things happening let's check Habakkuk 3 Habakkuk 3 so that you see somebody who understands it Habakkuk 3 17 it says although the fig tree shall not blossom neither verse 17 neither shall fruit be in the vines the same situation right and the labor of the olive shall fail and the trees shall yield no more meat the flock shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herd in the stall. he said yet I will rejoice in the Lord I will joy in the God of my salvation why the Lord is my strength so that joy is now changing his reality he will make my are you seeing it he will make my feet like hinds feet and make me to walk upon my high places so it doesn't when things are down when my account is low when things seem not to be working I will joy in the God of my salvation so sometimes you sing and dance you talk about the things that God has done for you and you rejoice in it knowing fully well that that thing you are doing is going to produce the things that will now make you happy <laughs> so joy is a producer is a cause happiness is an effect now behind those two things there is you the controller you can choose what will happen. You can choose when you'll be happy, how you'll be happy. By controlling how you let the joy of God within you flow out. Insisting that my joy must flow out. <laughs> Insisting. So that's why sometimes when you pray in the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost will prime you and then start to make you laugh. Knowing fully well that when that joy is stirred up, it will call things that are like it unto you. <laughs> in Psalm 67 people who are not in harvest were told praise the Lord let the people praise you he said then shall the earth yield and increase how much more that's the prescription to people who are not in harvest how much more we that are in harvest I want to read John verse 4 again I want to read John verse 4 again why it's important to be joyful. John chapter 4 verse 36. He said, He that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. So that he that sows and he that harvests can rejoice together. Remember when the sowing was done, it was done in tears. When Jesus went to the cross, it, it was with agony. You know, it was with a lot of pain. So Jesus is waiting for your harvest that both the sower and the reaper 
can rejoice together. So you rob the labors of the sower. You rob them of their reward if you choose not to joy in the time of harvest. In the book of Hebrews 11 verse 40, they said, these people that have labored before us, people that spoke of the promise that we are now in, they said, without us, they cannot be made perfect. So imagine the pain when they see us unable to let the joy that makes their work complete flow through us so you have to be intentional about being joyful you have to be intentional about being joyful surround yourself with joyful friends be intentional about it if you are in traffic create your own atmosphere i tend to use earpiece headphones a lot i create my own atmosphere I'm joyful. I'm listening to something that maintains my joy. Because harvest is powered by joy. It's powered by joy. <laughs> I know that there may be some people that things happen to, you know, at some point in your life, maybe at the age of 12, at the age of 15, at the age of 18, something happened that broke your joy. What happened is that that thing has robbed you of your power to be productive, to be rightly productive. But there is grace in the house this morning for complete restoration. Hallelujah. The second element I want to talk about is zeal. If you read Isaiah 9 from verse 6 to 7, I was talking about Jesus, that the government will be upon his shoulder of the increase of his government there will be no end let's, let's read it let's read it of the increase you know I'm, I'm starting from well, okay let's start from verse 6 for unto us the child is given unto us the son is given the government shall be upon his shoulder his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty God the everlasting father the prince of peace of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment, with justice, and henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Where is the Lord of hosts? We settled it. It's on our inside. His zeal is what performs his will. So our work is to let his zeal flow out. So that means that you must be zealous about everything you do. You must be zealous about everything you do. In Colossians 3 verse 23, it says we should do everything with zeal. Do it with zeal. Now, there may be some of us that it's difficult for you to muster passion or enthusiasm about anything you are doing, about what you are doing. It might be an indication that that's not what you should be doing. If you try your best to be passionate about your work or your job, and you just can't find it in you regardless of how you pray how you work at it then it's an indication the bible says that the peace of god should be an umpire in your life should be a decider right so if you cannot muster enthusiasm about what you do there's a problem it's a red flag so that means in the period of harvest you must have passion about everything you're doing. Your eyes should light up when you're talking about what you're working on, either in your place of work or your, or your business or whatever it is you are, that your hand finds to do. There must be zeal from inside. 
empowering you to do it. <laughs> you must love what you do. You must be enthusiastic about what you do. You must be passionate about what you do. It's very, very important because it has in itself capacity to give you staying power. Yes. It has capacity to give you staying power in what you're doing. The zeal of the Lord performs it. In this season, we are going to be talking about the kingdom. How the kingdom advances. Both in the territory and in the hearts of men. How this kingdom will expand is by the zeal of the Lord of hosts performing it. So this zeal must find expression through you. It must power you into what you are doing. It must be contagious. There is something about that kind of energy that calls forth the things that it needs for it to be materialized. <laughs> Find the zeal. It's in you. Open up. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow to what you are doing. It is very, very important in this time of harvest. Very, very important. You must find something you are so enthused about. It keeps you up at night. They, they don't have to advise you to burn the midnight oil. You, you are happy to burn it. I'm excited about this project I'm working on. I'm excited about my work. They don't have to tell you to go the extra mile. I'm going all the miles. I love it. I love what I'm doing. I'm enthused about what I'm doing. The third element I want to talk about is faith. Here's the interesting thing about faith. It has been supplied. Remember Galatians 2.20. The life I now live, hmm? I live by the faith of the Son of God. The faith is inside. Your job is to align with it. In the Old Testament, they said he just shall live by his faith. Here, you live by the faith of the Son of God that lives in you. You know why? The harvest is plenty. The laborers are few. But the laborers must believe that we can take the entire harvest. Yeah. So you now need to believe because if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. That's the idea. <laughs> So in this time, we'll be talking about things like goal setting, where you need to set goals, where you need to write figures. Some of the figures are going to be big, right? In the period of harvest, you cannot have small dreams because Jesus has established that the harvest is plenty. So small dreams are not allowed. You need dreams that you need God to fulfill. You need dreams that you are careful to share. You have to look for people who have your kind of faith to share it with. You need dreams that sometimes you don't believe it. So when you are writing a figure, you can't believe, right? When you are writing 800 million or 3.8 billion and it looks too big. If you look at it and you have doubts in your heart, the first thing to do is not to consider it. You know, Bible says that Abraham did not consider the deadness of his body. So you don't consider the parameters that make it happen. You leave it and you go and check that faith. You pray in the Holy Ghost. You align with the faith of Christ that is in you. 
you keep praying you pray you pray you can take time to pray you can take time to pray if you get back to it after 15 minutes and there's still doubt go back again that's why we don't look at time to pray we pray till we have conviction that's the error with people who say i pray 12 hours you pray till you get what you want right you pray if it takes three days stay at it and if it happens in 20 minutes you are fine you keep praying when you have connected with the maker of the universe when you come back that figure will not look big again because it is important that when you believe it you can get it Mm. (laughs) all things are possible to him that believes he said blessed is she that believes but for there shall be a performance (laughs) the bible says with god all things are possible we are in the era that is called emmanuel that means god with us god in us that simply means that all things are possible all things are possible all things are possible all things are possible hallelujah praise the lord the fourth element because we are running out of time is love harvest must be powered by love harvest must be powered by love harvest must be powered by love there's going to be a harvest of the supernatural I know it's possible that there's some people here you've never prayed for anybody before and the person was healed in this season it will happen it's a season of harvest it's a season of harvest you will the supernatural will become natural but it must be powered by love one of the things that happen in the season of harvest is because there is love there is quick collaboration there is need for association and collaboration let's read Luke chapter 5 Luke chapter 5 Luke chapter 5 If you start reading from the beginning, eh? it says that Jesus came to a lake, you know, to preach, and he saw two boats were empty. The Bible says that the fishermen were gone out of the boats. And then Jesus asked to use Simon's boat. And um, when he was done talking, he told Simon, lodge into the deep for a catch. And, you know, Simon said whatever he said. And then he decided to key into the harvest. Bible says that when he threw the nets, he enclosed a great multitude of fishes. That sounds like harvest, right? And their neck break. Verse 7. It says, and they beckoned unto their what? Partners. In verse 1, they were fishermen. Harvest came. They became partners. So it's possible there are businessmen here. Now that there is harvest, you become what? Partners. Yes. There is need for collaboration to bring in the harvest. It's the work of an army. It's not the work of an individual. It's a pretty lot of harvest to send laborers into the field. Now love is what powers that kind of collaboration. Last year, we talked about abundance. Yo, you must have an abundance mindset to be able to partner correctly without having ulterior motives, right? There's going to be need for a lot of collaboration. 
a lot of partnerships. And I was talking about the move of the supernatural. Many times when you read the scriptures, you will see that the Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion. Now, Jesus is on your inside. There are many times that Jesus will move on your inside. The problem is that sometimes we don't move with him and then we break the flow. The time when you see a situation and you just feel a nudge to pray, that's when Jesus is moving on your inside. When you see somebody in need and there's a nudge to give, that's when Jesus is moving on your inside. The more you respond to that kind of move, the more you are sensitive to the move of Christ in you. That move is the thing that births power. Every time Jesus was moved with compassion, there was a miracle. The power of God moves in the direction of his love. Power of God moves in the direction of love. You need to have love in this season. You need to be moved with compassion. Compassion should guide your projects. Compassion, the love of God should guide the things you are working on. Pastor Fadi will say, you don't use people to build things. <laughs> use things to build people. It's people first. Because you are powered by love. Because you are powered by love. So, there may be some people here, you've heard these things that I said, but it's difficult for you to just get your mind to get there. There is an installation in the Holy Ghost that primes people. Do you understand? It can prime, it can push you, it can move you into where you're supposed to. It can heal. Jesus said, the Spirit of God is upon me to set at liberty them that are bruised, to heal the brokenhearted, recovery of sight to the blindest. There's a move of the Spirit that pushes people into things when they, their mind can't get there fast enough. So if you are here and something affected your joy, affected your enthusiasm, you just can't find enthusiasm about life you just can't find zeal you are not it's difficult for you to be joyful it doesn't matter what happens around you it's just difficult for you to be powered from inside we like to pray with you this morning yeah yeah you can you can just step forward we'll pray with you if you have issues you are you cannot move because of fear you cannot move because of anxiety you know that it's difficult for me to be joyful we like to pray with you there is an installation of the spirit that can prime that kind of zeal that can prime that movement within you rest of the church let's pray in the holy ghost and if you are in that category please come forward 
want to pray with you. The pastors will pray with you. And they get Shabaro Koshkepai. So you know no COVID Shabari channels of my spirit open up channels of my spirit open up let deep call unto deep open up let deep call on to deep open up channels of my spirit, yeah. Channels of my spirit, open up. I am with the Father. I am with the Father. No boundaries, no limits. Yeah, no, no, no boundaries, no limits. Open up. Let deep call on to thee, yeah. Let deep call on to thee, open up. When we started, we talked about the fact that Jesus is in us. Jesus is in us. Now, this installation is for people who have received the life of God. If you are not sure that Jesus lives in you, if you are not sure that Jesus lives in you, come out. We want to pray with you too. No. We can't. The Bible says, as many that call upon the name of the Lord, the Spirit of God comes to live in them. If for any reason you are not sure that all of heaven, all of God lives in you, come out. We want to pray with you. I am with the Father, open up. Limits open up. Let deep call on the deep. Let deep call Out of the mundane, out of the mon, out of the mundane. to where I'm for things that were made. We're made from things unseen. There are realms of glory that my world must see. Dimensions found only in Jesus Christ the Son. <laughs> Chanel, Chanel of my spirit. Holy Ghost, prime, prime people. Holy Ghost, prime people. Holy Ghost, prime people. Let joy be restored. Let joy be restored. Let joy be
pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Lord, I'm open. I'm open. I'm open. I'm open. I'm open. Your love flows through me. Your life flows through me. Your power flows through me. Your zeal flows through me. Your faith is at work in me. In a more saligabayan, in a conquerogagai, elegados ebriagadoska boy, in a boronagoska pie, Chanas of Mars, we read, Eleveranagadoska Padia, Hallelujah. Did anybody come out that was not sure that Christ is in them? Anybody come out, you're not sure that Christ is in you. You, are, don't, you don't have that assurance. You don't have that assurance. I want to see the person. If there's anybody that came out for that prayer. You are not sure that Christ is in you. Alright, we are empowered for life. Christ is in us. Christ is in us. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's sing it again. Channels of my spirit open up. Log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless. Hello, this is The Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of The Tribe Lagos. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. So um, I want to give you guys sort of like, yeah, thank you, a, a, a mind map of what we are sensing and what the Lord is saying to us as a church. Um, the first thing I want us to do here this morning is to ask you a very important question. And you will give me answers because the answers are with you, right? The first question I would like you to ask, answer is, um, the first question is, what are the problems in our world today that humanity is grappling with? What are the problems in our world today that humanity is grappling with? So then you, you, we might do this manually. So anybody, what are the problems the world is dealing with? Is poverty a problem? Yes. That one has been with us since humanity, really. But poverty, what again? Depression. Selfish. 
selfishness, that part is hardly identified. But if we check ourselves, we may find it. You understand? The reason why love is short is because selfishness is high, right? Really. People are thinking self-preservation. So I, I, I want us to write it. Um, um, that is why the marker. We have to do it manually. You know, today you are the associate. So then somebody might have to hold it technically because I don't want things jumping around. It's a new year. And we have to get infrastructure. We have to get infrastructure for these things to happen. Right? So, okay, this is the first map. So this is the um, 2022, um, I call it the mind map for what God is saying to us as a house. We've, we've given some prophetic words, but you know, you and I know if you were raised a Christian, these things are normal. The pastor will tell you what it is. Year of fruitfulness. Hey, this. So what is it now? You understand? And some people will tell you, somebody said, uh, Pastor, you, you know, there was a very interesting joke I heard. The pastor will say, I see a brand every look coming your way. Receive it. And somebody jumped higher more than anybody else. I received it in the realm of the Spirit. He got to work the next day. It was a sack letter. So he said, Pastor, please, that brown envelope you saw yesterday, what was inside? Pastor said, I don't see rich inside, I don't see the envelope. My point is that, quite frankly, um, it's important to keep that in mind. So let's see the problems. You said poverty, I'll write it here. So let's look at um, the challenges in the world today. Challenges in the world, there's poverty. Climate change. More other than No, no, you probably won't think that one. Nigerians, black people don't really think climate change. But no, quite frankly, the black man is still moving around. Half the cars in Lagos are climate unworthy. Okay, so there's climate. I'll keep climate change on the table. Climate change. Huh? Nay. Your issues are more than no. But we should add it. Inequalities. Gender inequality. What type of inequality? There's an inequality, there's an economic inequality now between men. So that is here too. You know, uh, someone said um, uh, depression. Depression. This thing is running out of virtue. Anybody? Um, yeah, yeah, selfishness. Low what? Um, what else? Selfishness and greed. Okay, what else? Sickness. Sickness that are not medically curable. Right, okay, that's fine, thank you. Um, any more? On what? Eh? What's the street version of that one? It's not modern. Please, can you give me a modern expression of foolishness? Ignorance. Ignorance has always been. No. What? No, the way you're going, quite frankly, I, it's like if I choma, it's like you, choma has to sit at the back. Oh. But I don't think, honestly, I do not, you're not far from the point, but I wouldn't call it capitalism. I would call it extreme or predatory capitalism. Let's call it predatory. That capitalism where the, the investors want 90%. They say they're bringing the money. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they tell you your valuation is not valuable. So predatory or vulture capitalism. Bad governance. That, was, that's, that one has, that one Abuja problem. Okay. 
Okay, what else? Huh? It's, that's how we summarize it. Sexual. Related offense or violence. What else? This security in man or insecurity in Nigeria. <laughs> because you have, to, you have to actually clarify there's low self esteem, insecurity, there's national insecurity. What else? We'll stop here. Guys, let's keep perspective on this, right? All of these things here, yeah, and I, I want to paint a picture. There are three ways you interpret the Bible. And how you interpret the Bible with, with this will actually tie for you how this works. And when we are talking about a festival of harvest or the spirit of innovation in the times, this map would give you an idea of what we're talking about, right? So we've listed all of these things. The three ways, so based on how you interpret the Bible, permit me to give you a construct. This is my own theory, right? But I think that there are three types of Christians which is based on how you relate with the Bible or how you interpret the Bible. The first type of Christians are Hebrew Christians. And I'm not saying the Jews. I'm saying there's a way you interpret the Bible, you become a Hebrew or a Jew. Now, don't forget that the Bible in itself was a story of a people who God chose and through those people brought the gospel. So they had the law there's a way they work with God. The Old Testament, their Torah, was like their constitution. So the Bible contains constitution. Some of it were stories and mythology of how God worked with people. The Bible is actually very loaded. So you must not understand the Bible is the library of 66 books, some of which were national press statements by president. If you go, you see press statement, the president will be saying, beware, today nobody goes out. You will see, so the way you read those things must be contextual. But if you don't understand context, if you are very literal, you end up as a Hebrew Christian or a Jew. So for you, you will always read the Bible through the lens of law. In your own understanding, the letter defines the spirit. And the context is oftentimes lost. That's why you can still be praying the prayers of Elijah. Because the prayers of Elijah, the cross did not negate it. For you, your enemies are to be killed. Everything Jesus said about the enemies are to be redeemed is not your conversation. You understand? You reduce yourself to a point where you and devil go to fight for space. Forgetting that you, the devil is conquered, it's under your feet. Because they fought, you are fighting. You don't understand that you're not called to fight. Jesus suffered, so you will not suffer. The Hebrew Christian will suffer like he suffered. They are looking for crosses to carry. Because he carried cross, where is my own cross? I will carry it. So understand that the Bible has a timeline. Some of the things that were spoken were right up until the cross. After the cross, they are no longer right. When the Bible was speaking of healing, he said that by his stripes, we are healed. That was what Isaiah said. Isaiah was speaking of healing as something that was to come. But when Peter wrote about it after the cross, how did Peter write it? By his stripes we were. So what was a present times have become a past tense. Salvation falls in that category. Salvation in understanding is that when he died, salvation became a reality for man. So your salvation that you're entering now is not that you're achieving it now. It's that you're awakening to it now. Jesus did not die today. He has died. So what we need to tell people today, come to realize the salvation that has been given. Now, but they are, so the second type of Christians are Christian Christians. So that's why I'm saying, please, allow my context for understanding. The Hebrews, the way they relate with the Bible is that in the Hebrews, it's, God for, it's actually God for us versus the world. So the Hebrews have a tribal perspective of God. They could not understand that God was through them for the world. Remember, Peter didn't like that Paul was flirting with the Gentiles. 
He kept saying, the gospel, you can't take it to them. They don't belong. They should circumcise. And Paul said, no, this gospel was not actually limited to the Jews. It was true the Jews to the Gentiles. If you are Hebrew today, everyone who does not belong cannot enter. If you are a Hebrew Christian, you will judge and condemn people all year round. You cannot love. And the reason is because you look at them through the lens of their brokenness than the lens of the redemptive cross. God doesn't look like that too. They were thinking God was a tribal God. God was telling them, I'm about inclusion. So when Jesus was telling them, go to Judea. Judea is what part? It's a Jewish town. He said, go to Samaria. Samaria is a mixed town. In fact, it was full of misfits. And he said, go to the uttermost part of the earth. That one, eh, now where are we there? You understand? He was not telling them, keep it to yourself. He was saying, share it. Harvest and gospel is about movements. So the, the Christian Christians are actually God for us. And that's all. Sometimes your Christian understanding of the Bible is that you interpret the context of the Bible only through the lens of what... So your understanding of souls is so that you bring the souls to Christ. And you bring the souls to church. You're obsessed about growing your church more than you're obsessed about the state of the people. So you get lost in the numbers and not in the state of the souls. So how do we now define the Hebrew Christian, the Christian Christian, and then the kingdom Christian? So I'm just giving you context. When I talk about the kingdom Christian, understand that there is something in the mind of God that when we talk about harvest, you must see. The kingdom Christian is not, some of us say, unfortunately, you have to lose your Christian perspective this You have to lose your religious perspective. I'd rather use the word religious. Most of us are here today because it's the first Sunday of the year, the best thing to do. It is not an event. You're not here because you want to scorecard. And then you go and live the rest of your life in separation and in lies. And you show up again 1st January because you don't understand that this is the life. This is the source. Half of the depression we're facing is because we don't know the truth of who we are. So, guys, Hebrew Christians limit God to just what is happening. The Christians try to expand God, but it's actually about church. So they're denominational. Everybody gets into my church versus your church. Everybody's in competition over which church is. No, that's not it. We are not in competition. There are some people in the tribe I called and said, please, you belong to another church. Sorry, you know why I told them there? that they really belong to another church? They actually do. Because they'll spoil it here. They will judge you, judge you, condemn you, criticize you, gossip you, rubbish you, and then they don't walk. Go somewhere else where you can be blessed. This place is grace-centered. If you don't understand grace, you will struggle. Because we will not do the things grace will give, will not call you to do. I'm not telling you to give an offering so that you'll be blessed. I'm telling you, you're already blessed. But give offering. <laughs> you understand? The problem is that you now know they give. You understand? So the grace has turned you into a baby. You're not chewing things. I'm not, oh, wake up. If they say you're no longer a leader, you no longer serve because you're not mature. That's not what leadership is. It's not about you. It's about what God wants to do through you. So keep perspective. When we're looking in Luke verse 9, God was talking about harvest. Let's look at it. Luke 9. But very clear picture. Jesus divided stuff. And I need you to understand, if you're reading the context of the Bible, you must understand that we have limited grace and we've limited the gospel to church. But God was not about limiting it to church. The Jews, the Gentiles, everybody was in it. There is a, actually a trajectory, right? If you understand something, in 19... Um, Lily, when was the Renaissance? Um, the um, art movement. It was about 16th, 17th century. So the Renaissance, and guess what was happening at the Renaissance? The Renaissance was parallel with the Reformation. So let me explain what has happened. In that 17th, in this 17th, uh, 16th, 17th century, Martin Luther one day woke up and started to challenge the Catholic Church. That salvation was not by works, was by grace. The church broke into two. Protestants happened out of the protest. 
and therefore everybody, if you are not a Catholic, you are a Protestant. Up until that time, there was only one holy church, only one Catholic church. That was how they saw it. Suddenly, Protestants started to have denomination. Before long, uh, was that guy Calvin started the Calvin movement. Then the Methodists, Wesley, everybody started. But at the twin side of it, there was something else that was happening. There was this age of enlightenment. Age of enlightenment. People were waking up and they were realizing that although they missed something because they disconnected it from God, but they were discovering the power of the human mind. So that, that century was when people started to question. People started to ask because as they were asking questions in the church, why are things done, being done like that? People were asking it in science and in the world. Enlightenment became the defining thing. And for the first time, people felt they had a choice not to choose church. Up until that time, you were born a Christian, no choice to be made. You understand? So enlightenment and then the reformation were kind of like parallel. What was happening was that God had released something called Zygest. You know what Zygest is? Zygest, please go and Google it, check it. Zygest is called spirit of the times. Every generation picks a Zygest. And certain people define that Zygest and others move in. So a group of people, Martin Luther, John Calvin, they didn't know themselves, they didn't meet in a room, but they were interpreting the same scripture and they were breaking away from the same movement. So the Zygest is the spirit of the time. As it was happening in the church, it was happening in the world, but they did not understand that it was not, it was not reformation against enlightenment. It was meant to be reformation and enlightenment. It was meant that you were meant to awaken to the truth of the power of the human mind, but the gospel was supposed to power it, not disconnect from it. So the, the Enlightenment movement gave birth to atheism. Now, when we get to the 18th century, there was also a twin revival. In the 18th century, there was actually the revival that Simon, if you read the God's General, it was the defining theme of that era. Men were seeing the supernatural life happen. You understand? But there was also something happening. There was an industrial revolution happening. It was always parallel. There is always a move in the church and there is always a move in the world. Unfortunately for God, God has not found kings and priests that could embody both. So the church would stay in revival and the world would stay in innovation and there was the disconnect. But the kingdom was it because God pours innovation on everyone. Innovation, innovation in the Bible is defined as rain. It says the rain will fall on the good and the bad. Whoever picks the app will make the app. It wasn't about who pray fast. But you will have an understanding, you're rooted more, you might hear faster and move quicker. So guess what? In that parallel time, revival was that people were seeing the return of the move of the Spirit. There was the prophetic, people were getting healed in meetings. But some people were sitting down there innovating faster cars. Rockefeller was one guy that was also a, an icon of that age. Why was he an icon? That man was more religious than most. He knew God. Everything the man did, he did by intuition. That was, go and read his book, although it's big. But try and read it. You understand? But that is biography. You will understand something. There was one particular deal he was supposed to seal. Halfway through the train tumbled or something. He came back. That God saved him. He would have gone under. While they were doing that, there was Carnegie. They were doing the steel. If you haven't watched this series, The Men Who Invented America, go and check it on Amazon. The Men Who Built America. That was actually a Zygest. This one had nothing to do with steel. Carnegie had nothing to do with steel. He just saw an opportunity and moved. The, defi the definition was that steel became that which changed the world. There was something God released upon a generation. Some picked half, the other ones picked half. Now, where are we coming to? The kingdom is not about, when we talk about harvest, please, there's a way you can interpret it. If you are in church or you're Hebrew, you interpret it as a spiritual revival for souls. So every time I was raised in church, I wish the board would be stable. Every time I was raised in church, when you hear 
when you hear, um, when you hear, sorry, you were here the entire time and then you moved. Movement. So at the end of the day, when you hear, um, when you hear harvest, if you're not dead church, harvest was, harvest of souls. But guys, Jesus is not, Jesus told the disciples of harvest, look at it. Um, no, go back to that scripture now. Look, look 10, when you look now. So, Jesus did not tell them, go and bring souls and fill the synagogue. No, pull that perspective. Jesus did not tell them, Peter, I need a congregation. Peter, I'm giving you targets. I need 10,000 capacity in Lagos. Jesus was not interested where they went on Sundays. He was interested in what they are waking to. He wasn't interested in winning them to a confirmation or to, a, to a, 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 an institution. He was liberating them from institution. Now, I know this sounds too radical, so I'm learning these days to be very, very, very around it. But my point is, I'm not knocking everything bad in institution, but the Spirit of God was not given to be held back in institution. It was given to break out of it. The move, harvest was movement. So we see, therefore said he unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the, into the... He wasn't praying for harvest, he was praying for harvesters. Right, because the harvest is a given. But the heart of the harvester is the problem. That the harvester will see kingdom and not just church. The harvester will not be a Hebrew. He will become a Christ man. He will not be limited by, the, by dogma, but he will be liberated by the spirits. He will not be defined by traditions of men and archaic things that have died, but he will be alive to the moving spirit of God and what God is doing in the now. So if you understand church, spiritual souls, you can also interpret revival as a supernatural life which is actually more about healing and the miraculous. So let me tell you, sorry that I'm writing too fast, but you understand. So, spiritual life, souls. Spiritual life, souls. Supernatural life, healing and the miraculous. Now, kingdom. If you're in kingdom, which is where I want us to be, in kingdom, you're embodied by sonship. And in this place, your harvest is not interpreted just in the context of this and healing. Your harvest encompasses the spiritual which is that souls will participate in this. It encompasses the supernatural, which is that you will see the visitation of God. But the third layer, it will encompass innovation, which is the flow or the flourish of God's spirit in human issues. So let's hold this perspective. Let's read. Go to two. Therefore, he said unto them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Give me NIV, Sha. Let's go to chapter two and NIV. So now this is what it is. In the day and age, Jesus used two things to interpret the gospel. Two industries. What are they? Guys, now, Jesus used only two, only two industries. Eh? Eh? Agriculture and what again? Correct. So Baba used agriculture. He said a sower went to sow. He used, that was the only industry they had. If they had technology, he would use that one. He used agriculture. He said, I will make you fisher of men. So the language and the interpretation of the move of God was not just to be for the church. It was to be outside of the church. He did not start the move of God in synagogues. Peter, they could not qualify. These Pharisees and the Sadducees made a point that Peter then could never sit on the table. The people he chose, you know how you were born, if you were born to study as a priest, you would study if you're a Sahendrin or a Sadducee or a Pharisee, you were born to memorize the Torah back to back. So these people, women didn't have Bibles, you were not interested, you were not invited, it was an exclusive male club. The gospel was strictly for male, not any type of male, intelligent male. Who could hold scriptures in their brain? Those guys were born to cram. They would know, they would put all the law in their head. Peter could not cram. But better forget Jesus and deny him three times. 
How many scriptures were off for head? Those were the guys that made the list. These guys are good. They trust me. They wouldn't have. Is it Andrew? Is it Thomas? That one they see fire go pierce in there. Say Baba Beg. So those men were not actually given to it. Yet God chose the outsiders to make known His move, because there is something about a system that locks. The day you become about the people you keep out, you become actually a, a religious movement than a spiritual movement. The church must always expand like the love of God. The love of God moves. God is the lover of human race. He moves into them. That was that's the story of Christmas. God became a man. God entered you. God entered the world. God did not look at the mess and say, there is too much more that I'm not coming. He didn't enter into the mess. Too much fornication, adultery in Lagos. I know they touch. Baba jumped into the fornicator. He jumped into the place where the broken ones sleep. The story of grace is that those who could never save themselves were found salvation given for free. They did not even recognize that they needed it. So guys, three interpretations. Spiritual. Yes, we see souls. And I know that tribe is breaking away out of it. They were breaking out on every side. I've seen things. Some people will pursue them. Sorry, guys. We lovingly say, go stay, sit down for back. You understand? Just sit down for back, this period. Because the truth is that if your heart is not, your heart qualifies you. Have no agenda but to love. Please, have no agenda here but to love. I have no agenda. I don't want, you, I don't want anything. I don't want to love. And that love freed me. Because I knew what it was to live outside of it. Hell is not what gives to punish you. Hell is what you choose when you choose against God's love. It is the reality of your choice. It's not the, it's not the nature of God. God doesn't give hell. Hell is his own reality. God doesn't punish you for your sins. Your sin is his own punishment. Sin carries wages. If you bond with it, ask every addict now. The addiction is a punishment. It will traumatize you. You can't live without it. Every withdrawal, just say, you know, five minutes, it's not to shake your head. Give me now. An addict can drive 2 a.m. into Marina to look for that stuff. When we went to, uh, what's that, Takwa Bay for retreat, as men of God were coming, as they saw some head, you know, tribe owner, they just came and said, Colorado deal. <laughs> so I, I, I called one to escort me. I said, tell, tell me about this city in America. You know, the, I, I, and, and the, the, guy was, the guy was saying, man, I like your type, I like your type. When he now saw that, so, that some people were looking like they were speaking in tongues, you know, and, and the guy was like, are they come, please? <laughs> We lost a revival. We lost a soul. But expand your mind that you must accommodate in the day and age. When Jesus was saying, when he was talking to them, he kept saying that, I want to go into the city. Go and read Luke 10. Read Matthew 9. All those scriptures of harvest. You know what was happening? The Bible said Jesus was going into the city. He was healing the sick. He was laying hands on the blind. Why was he doing that? Those were the predominant problems of the day. They were not dealing with self-esteem in that way. In that day, climate change, the place was cool. <laughs> Climate change, nobody saw climate. Inequality was culture. Nobody challenged inequality. It was culture, they just lived with it. But he was solving the problems of the day. There was no medicine to give the polio mellitus people that you couldn't get polio. Polio was with you. So Baba was moving, the God, he said he was going about doing good, healing all that was oppressed. That's your DNA, that's your JD. So that I want us to connect our understanding of harvest to these problems. And then let's land in, let's close, please, you're closing. Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, let's close with that. So guys, let's connect it. You must keep in mind the perspective that what is this poverty? The harvest is that there is something God has released to free people from poverty. Climate change, inequality, depression. You're not about, you're not to laugh at the depressed and say this depression is a demon. Do something about it. If all the depressed have been coming to you, you have a ministry. Yes, sir. In fact, if you've gone through it, 
you just might have a ministry. <laughs> you just might have a ministry. Only those that understand it can share it. You know, some people that have not been depressed because religion has insulated them. So they don't even know they're depressed. When you're telling them, so I couldn't sleep, you know, that they say, so my brother, that's what I'm telling you now. They, they won't wait for the, they will give you a solution for which you don't need. And they're very, sometimes they're conforming you to their formula. They say, all you need is seven days fasting. You say, I just finished one. Was it dry? No, they can't, this kind can, Daniel fast cannot solve this one. You can't do Daniel fast. Let's see this. See what Jesus was saying. When Isaiah was seeing the coming of the Christ, when Isaiah was seeing the, the kingdom, Isaiah saw this. This was his interpretation of us. This was his interpretation of Christ. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. This nation has poor in spirit because the man with poverty hold now food he need. But let's even hold all kinds of poverty. He said it's called to preach good news to the poor. So poverty, what is, it? What is our response to poverty? Gospel. Now this, like I said, is spiritual. But we understand that the gospel expands. He says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as I so prosper. So our understanding of providing poverty with the gospel is that good news, the declaration of what God has done in Christ, is what we give to the poor. The poor does not always need just handouts. Even if not stomach infrastructure would have been would have solved it. Stomach infrastructure doesn't it's actually man. I wake you wake up the next day, the construction died with your sleep. You need a new construction for your stomach. But the declaration of the gospel is that know what God has done in Christ. Now see what the other one he says. He has sent me to do what? To bind up the brokenhearted. What's brokenhearted? Eh? Depression is closer. Yeah, depression is where and heartbreak. You understand? So th there is a binding there for the heartbroken. Now let's not trivialize it. Some people are genuinely heartbroken. They thought he was the one. You understand? No, they thought he was the one. Because I have someone who is where I'm close to. We were actually supposed to go for to Dominican Republic for the wedding. The wedding was called off by somebody's prophecy. You know, so he just couldn't move on very easily. It was tough. But if you see myself, see Lagos, be a full Lagos, be a full. Lagos. Calm down. You, you have never loved. That's why it's quick to move on. But Sha, sometimes closure becomes overrated. When you look at it, you see an attachment, they worry you, call and closure. You say, I need closure. You're attached. So we're going to deal with that one. But that's another day. So, Jeffrey, how would they move now? Would they move now? Thank you. See, uh, see what he says. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. There is a declaration. The gospel is for the brokenhearted. So I wanted us to look at it. Now let's bring it to modern world, guys. Um, how do you indeed? Huh? We don't. We need this space. We need this space. I need this space. So we're closing with this. Uh, the problems. So we see um, the declaration of good news. Good news to the poor. What is this? I want us to please. How is good news to the poor interpreted in the 21st century? Because, like I said, the first century was farmers and agri. We're no longer there. So don't be thinking that you need a, a, a seed and a farm. You are, the old, you are the seed the Lord needs. So, guys, good news to the poor. We understand there's a poverty problem. How do you solve? How do you use good news in the 21st century? Anyone? Now, this part is co-creation. I do not have all the answers. Yeah. You talk about joy. Thank you. Fantastic. But I need something a bit more practical. Huh? Okay. 
now let's, I like what you said about joy. But how do you talk about joy? Okay, talk about it first, Jesus. How do you, what is, through what medium? Media. Through media. So, it, do, what do we write here? Do we say, um, part of our response is to create media content of the gospel that can speak about joy? So, let me explain here. Okay, my point is start somewhere now. Start somewhere. The point is that you may not, you may not have, okay, okay, where do you want to do your own? You want to go? Okay, fair enough. What other medium can you use that you can have access to? Outreach. Fantastic. So let's keep it here. Guys, we are going somewhere. So here we have the good news of the gospel. We said you can actually picture yourself creating content, right? And um, using media. Some people don't get media. So outreach. Outreach and what? Skill acquisition. Okay. Lily, you want to say something, please? Give me perspective. Um, I wanted to say at the beginning, though, that the first, because poverty is... Endemic? No, it's about marginalization. Mm -hmm. It's your inability to access... Certain opportunities. Opportunities, resources. Basically, it's marginalization in every regard, whether it's resources, whether it's other people or networks, whether it's um, information or knowledge, whether it's things. And if we want to solve, outreach is one way. But then if you start from the problem of marginalization, what are you distanced from? What do you need access to? So solving the problem, whether it's wisdom, information, some people need education so that they can scale up and leave disadvantaged communities. Some people need, um, someone said um, data or media, uh, media. Some people don't have access, they don't have any kind of media. That thing, we saw it really bad during COVID when many people, when many learning losses, because many people didn't have radios or TVs to key into the school programs that we're doing online and such, you know, so that's another so thing. I, I would like to add here, I like what you said, access. Um, some people need things like seed. Now, not children, but maybe like people who can, who have learned to skill, or don't even need a skill, just can do business. Like startup capital. Exactly, and then that is access you could give them to, just like a one-time you know, investment Capital grants. kind. But my point was, my, if we can solve the problem of marginalization on all sides, economic, social, spiritual even, because then again, what you don't know is what causes the perishing. People perish because of lack of knowledge. So any kind of lack is what we're trying to solve for. Fantastic. I really love that perspective. Please clap to that, clap to that. <laughs> all right, so Lily spoke about there is, there is marginalization right, and people don't have access to certain things. So here is what I would say. If you have a boarding for people who are depressed, your first recipe is that there is something here. There is a good news that is your source. Now, you are powered by good news. If you, are, if you have a desire to do it as a fame, you already have the source code, right? So access is that people have to get rich, used to what you have. In a digital world, the real world is the digital. So that you have to now start thinking about how do I create what is possible so that people can assess it. You already have the gospel, good news. So those dramatic people talking about hell and hellfire, please shut them up. That no, honestly, those people, they, do, they have no understanding of who God is. Those are the places we're coming from. That's a spiritual attack. Honestly, in my opinion, they are going to do more damage. You understand? So when we laugh about it, be rest assured is that what are you putting out to show people the truth of the gospel? It's not to laugh about those who are doing it boldly, aggressively, with no, con with no content or no truth. How are you bringing your truth into dimension? So my point is, access is up. 
access is content, access is media, access is outreach. So the point is, what are you solving? The harvest is not going to come on a vacuum. It's not a void. The kingdom innovation will come on those who God has inspired in their heart. He can do something in energy. And he's not even an engineer. Shouldn't he be solving engineering problems? But the point is that he picked a body, right? And he has moved in the space to say, okay, what do I do about green energy or renewable energy? He's doing something. Um, who else is doing something here? I know Warren has been doing stuff for women. The rape, sexual violence. So all the, anybody I meet today will tell me they were raped or they have a, they're battling the traumas of rape. I have, a, I have a pastor for them. I know a son for them. Maureen. You understand? No, because no, the truth is that Maureen already carries the ministry. She understands the pain. So she's going to be rich. Now what Maureen should be thinking of doing is building community around that. A digital community. So Maureen should be talking about, okay, so if Tribe is a ministry, Tribe powers her. But she's called to do that. So she goes out to say, okay, I'm creating a ministry for people. One day we'll just take a Saturday, sexual healing. And it's not Marvin Gaye. <laughs> no, my point is that, wherever it falls. But the point again is that, at the end of the day, the point is you're calling people. So if you know someone who is, who is a friend, who has been molested and abused, just never confronted it enough, Maurice's program becomes the plug. So the harvest comes through teamwork. Because it's collaboration that you unlock. So give me a problem here. Give me a problem. Climate change. <laughs> Auntie, what's your plan? <laughs> Let's start with that. You know, because you'll be like, we need stronger laws in Abuja, so we're going to criminalize people that are always just infiltrating. The laws exist, no execution. Let me not lie to you. We've been passing laws. If you go to, ah, do we have all this much climate change? Don't nobody, okay, do you have, is a burden for you? Which is your burden here now? No, baby, you have to have a burden. Um, burden for me would be inequality. Inequality. How do you want to solve for that? Or in what way? Is it um, income inequality? No, I think it's inequalities when it comes to women. Okay, women. Yes. So more opportunities for women. Yes, exactly. Um, I currently have a foundation that runs. Raising Africa. Yes, I know. Um, yeah, Bracing Africa. So um, what our 10-year goal is, is to get women and girls through school, not through school, through entrepreneurship, leadership. So this is a son. Yeah. So the portrait of sonship, Toby was talking about it, is that one, you're one with God, two, you're a channel for God, and three, like you are the conduit and the resources of God. So God is through you, pouring things into the world. Um, we solving problem now. Lily, you also Lily is a working mother, right? So every when she when she goes to work, she has the kids, and she will telling me that she feels like the workplace is not exactly designed for women, for for mothers, right? I think what she was trying to suggest to me. Sorry. Ah, okay. Uh, so what do you want me to? No. Well, I think it was you that told me we need to have Shut a crutch at the workplace. <laughs> No, I didn't want to hear that one because just imagine crying. Well, no, I didn't see. Animator, what are you doing? Well, my baby is crying. <laughs> no crutch. Okay. But what I was saying, I think it was at the, at the beginning, the COVID, when COVID started, and then you had to find a way to still deliver on projects you had before through the year. While, you know, and I was saying, well, I get what you're trying to do. You're solving for, for the people you have right now, or majority of them, but then you're not solving for the future. You're not thinking about how this can how women can also 
um, equitably take part of this? Would a woman animator want to work here right now with what you've put in place as a policy? Are you no, solving let, let, Let's give context. So, I, so but <laughs> let, generally, basically, context. I feel like, you know, this, these are the things when we say lack or access or marginalization, without doing it, you have to really think a little harder. You can't just think for the people you have right now, for the men. You have to think also, okay, if okay. we want Please, women One second, to... one second. <laughs> Guys, there's a context to that. Now, the industry where, one of the industries I play in is animation and games, and it's almost 98% male. So during the lockdown, sadly. sadly, sadly. So during the lockdown, we had jobs to deliver, and we got a, a space and accommodation for the guys, and we didn't know how women can move into that space. Why? So they were asked to remote. Why? Shouldn't you be happy? No. Remote. But no. my point again is that <laughs> my point again is that is a long-term solution. Because to solve for Lily's problem, I have to create a, a pipeline to bring more women into the industry. And then make yeah. the policies that will favor the women. No, I. So here's the thing: it's not a, It's you can't start. You can't wait till the, the Buhari is, and the government get it right. The point is made, man. Pastor Ferdi. Pastor Ferdi, please indulge me. But then you know that's what I'm trying to say. Business owners too need to take. Like you said, you said just now about environmental policies. That there are policies that you can say there are so many, but then there's no enforcement. If people at the granular level, people who are business owners and CEOs, are not actually taking the initiative to say, okay, I want to solve for the future. I know is you know should be. There. Your mother was a woman. Man, your sisters, um, you're probably going to have daughters too. What if they want to do animation? Are you going to try to get them to into law and other courses and stifle their creativity or what God has called them to do because you refuse to create an enabling environment? So access and poverty is not just money and artists and charities and you know handouts. That's why I'm always saying, think broader, think harder. Let's clap so that, that let's might clap have. That. Should I stop? Yeah, let's clap. I can't go on. Now, guys, perspective. Very, very important. But we're all solving for something. Come inside, come inside. We're all solving for something. So there is, let's see, let's see how we, what, what's here. We have, um, the Lord has anointed me to preach good news, good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind the brokenhearted. What's that? To proclaim what? Let's echo it. To proclaim what? To the captives. Now, what are the captives of our day? Do you know, this metaverse just came. Some people are doing porn metaverse. You understand? You're talking about a VRO experience for the church. Some guys have used it to enter poor. So the technology is agnostic. It only takes on the nature of the people that invented it or own it. So why don't we own our own? Disney has passed a few laws that they want to include. Well, guys, I know that this might be scientific for some of you people right here, but the point again is that whoever is creating it, they can pass a law now and say their movie is going to be centered on any type of orientation. And it's okay. It's their money. But if you sit down in your house and you're complaining that they're imposing on you their preference, what are you creating for, out of your own preference? So it's not to be shooting them and be tweeting at them and be abusing them that an end has come to a dynasty. The point is that what dynasty of the gospel are you expressing? So my point is this, you're raising kids and you're worried. Depression is there. Sometimes, you know, the, I don't know if you know this guy, Kurt Cobain, the Nirvana movement. Do you know, when, when, when he killed himself, he committed, he died by suicide. Right? You know now, it's not that you die, you commit suicide. The new language now, he died by suicide. Because suicide is a disease. So don't go and talk where they'll collect mic from your hand. But my point is that when, when he killed himself, do you know what happened? The rate of suicide increased in, in the world. Because people were already bounded to his music. And they were listening to his words. And he was spreading something that they were getting caught up in. What I'm actually telling you guys now is the harvest is tied to what you create. 
and you create, you're meeting, you're freeing the captive through what you create. So what are you creating? The question is, what are you innovating? What are you creating? Because the supernatural, we know that one. So we're going to be organizing healing services. Nobody's arguing about that. These souls, we are going outreach. We'll bring souls. But the third dimension is where the church has fallen short because they can't see the kingdom. Is what are you inventing? Lily spoke about women not having a fair share, inequality, predatory capitalism. Can the church actually set up a fund that we can give people capital at no interest rates? Because the Islamic banks are doing it. They give you zero interest, this thing. They are more kingdom than most churches. But some church will give you 10%, 20%. I'm not saying, well, that's a revelation. No? So the question is, we sitting down here that are not predatory capitalists. How are you changing your workplace? How are you thinking about equity? Are people working for you, just working for you? Are they working with you? Are you but why are you thinking about stock options? Because the world is moving towards those things. So you cannot be your father. They might have run a business where they own 100% and maybe it worked for them back in the day. In the, in the future, collaboration and community and creativity is becoming the defining thing. And creativity is a DNA of every soul. So whatever you create is a portrait of the team. It's not your exclusive right. You may have picked the idea, but don't think you own it all the time. It began in you, but it belongs to all. In the state recognizes that an entity is registered. It becomes a, a, a corporate entity becomes an entity. And it's called limited liability. So if it fails, you are even insured against the company. If state can upgrade in that way, why are we not? How is greed getting in the way of your partnership? How is selfishness getting in the way of your relationship? How are you solving the problems of the world from all of these things and those that were not listed here? The world is a dark place, but the light of God, Isaiah 60 says, arise and shine for the light has come. The light has come because you are the light of the world and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. We are not born here to complain. We are born here to solve problems. The things you see in Nigeria are waiting for sons. We are the move of God. God is not going to move anymore. He has moved in Christ. We move. So the quest, we move. Say we move. Yeah. So Jesus kept telling them, go into the city, go into... Now, when you read further down in Luke, he kept saying, go to the houses and tell them. He didn't say, tell them and bring them to the synagogue. He said, tell them what? Heal. Heal them. Give them the truth of light. Not convert them to your movement too, first. Because that's the only way we interpret this thing. He's saying, let them have access. Let them know the truth. Let them see light. Let them be healed. So how are we taking things to the communities at the margins? For people that are actually out of the purview, we are not just a lucky cozy church sitting in a cafe drinking coffee on a Sunday morning. That picture dies. A new picture is born. It's a picture of an aggressive warrior that sees his father's heart and is committed to the manifestation of the gospel in every form. You know why I'm in movies? I mean, animation is the hardest industry to be in. Because it takes three years to make a film. So then you were asking that, why you choose like this? Why you choose? But the point again is that it was because I wanted to tell stories. Right? Because you tell, let me tell you the truth. Lion King did more gospel for me than any, any pastor I ever heard. Maybe, no, let me know. Maybe because I'm an artist in my mind. But when I watched the Lion King, it was so interesting when I saw that moment where Simba had an encounter and he discovered that his father's image was looking at him. That was the gospel. That Christ is the image in your face. God doesn't look at you and sees you. He sees Christ. And your, your Christianity changes the day you start seeing Christ in the mirror when you look at yourself. You see, healness, you see healing. You see wholeness. What are you seeing when you look into the mirror? So I entered it because I wanted to tell stories. And I'm very deliberate about union. See, if they could do it in Lion King, I would do it much more. 
because I understand now that separation has no trace. I do not present the gospel as something that God is dangling in front of you, waiting for you to change so you get it. I show it to you as something he has generously given. Love is powering all that we create. How is love powering? Are you in fashion? You're complaining about people not being well-dressed. There is a calling there. God is in you calling you to create. Every body you feel is a God's voice within you inviting you to design a world. You can stage your comeback. You can actually make heat and heat and heat because the point is that every son is powered by compassion and their mind is to see where the father can take. The territory is to take Judea. It says go to Judea, go to Samaria. Judea is not a city in, the, in, in Israel. 21st century Judea is entertainment industry. Samaria is not a city close to Israel or in Israel. Samaria is technology, it's media, it's fashion, it's families, it's nation of teenagers. So we have a body for nation of teenagers. Teenagers are really caught up in the world, born by religion, forced to church by their father, disconnected from anything called life. They are waiting to escape home. Parents are losing their children because our kids are being raised by nanny and media. So we wake up and you don't know them. They are 13 and 14. You say, you don't speak like me. You don't think. No, you were never there. How are we showing fathers how to raise homes? So we have the village. The village is, um, so I'm closing now. <laughs> Please, I want to, I want to invite uh, Modupe and um, Tyro. Please just come out. Right? We, we, we are closing now, guys. So um, this is the village. Please come. The village is our ministry for families and kids and home. So we want to raise our families Pray with them, hold their hands, right? So they, they, trust me, and you know what I love about them? I've never heard the gospel of grace told in a story the way Taiwo did it. You understand? It's so easy and powerful. So Taiwo and his wife are going to be... You're going to be you can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.